Hey everyone, welcome to the Revive West Des Moines podcast. I'm Jamie Richards, the Young Adult Minister at Hope West Des Moines. What you are about to hear is the live recording from Revive West Des Moines this past week. We hope you can connect with God and the good life that God has for you through what you hear in this message. Check it out. Well, hello, Revive. How are we doing? Good, good. Now that was just a little taste of a scene we're going to watch in a little bit, a little appetizer. Who wanted to see more? Like, come on, what's going to happen? Trust me, we're going to dive into it in a little bit. We're going to have some fun. Who's open to uh, having some fun tonight? You down? Uh, That's awesome. I feel like God is on the move and God wants to do some really, really cool things tonight. Who kind of feels that as well? Who has like no idea what I'm even talking about? And that's totally okay too. You are welcome here. Uh, I'll tell you what, this series is called Unexpected Beginnings, and I love that subject. Uh, Who's into 2022, but is ready to reset 2022 already, right? Like we're only a couple of weeks in, but it's like, okay, let's do a do-over. We can just restart it. That's fine. What I love is that the Bible is packed with stories where God gives people a fresh start whether they take a look at their circumstances and just see them from a different perspective or their circumstances change, he gives them a fresh start. And that's what we're gonna talk about a little bit tonight. And interestingly enough, at the heart of so many of these stories, God does more about talking to the person about their identity, who they are, as opposed to changing their circumstances. But it's amazing because once they're clear on their identity, it's so often their circumstances change because they can change those circumstances. And it's, it's beautiful. There's story after story. But let's just even talk about, you know, when somebody like knows who they are in a good way, you can, you can tell. Like they just walk differently. They just seem more peaceful, more joy-filled. Sometimes it can be a little annoying, right? Like, like when they're really, really comfortable. I love it. Uh, David is, he's written about, he's one of the, the folks that is so featured in the Old Testament. It's got some great stories, David and Goliath, all of those things. But David is one of those who was wildly imperfect. But there were seasons in his life where he totally knew who he was. He was totally comfortable in his identity. He knew who he was in his relationship with God. So much so, there are psalms that he has written. And I love these psalms because he, he, if you read this one, you're like, he is so caught up in how awesome God made his body that he is praising God. Like, he's like, you knitted me together in my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made, right? If he was being a jackhole, right? Like, he was like, I am so awesome. Everybody, no, seriously, I'm awesome. He's not, he's saying, look at this. I mean, my bones, my skin, this is kind of fascinating. It's amazing, God, you are an incredible craftsman. You, you, you made me, you know me. Thank you, God, for that. I mean, it's, it's incredible to think about. Like, that's where, when he started to get really in touch with his identity and who he was in God, he couldn't help but praise God. He couldn't help but walk differently. And I do wonder, you know, if we knew, if we knew, you know, God shaped you. Like if you knew that tonight, if you could feel that, how would that change us, right? If, if we knew inside and out, God knows every bone in our body. 
How would that change the way we walk? How would it change the way we live? We're fearfully and wonderfully made. You are. You are. He molded and shaped you. That's amazing, right? It's incredible. It almost breaks our brain. And so that's the thing is we're going to come back to this identity thing. We're going to explore this identity thing just a little bit tonight because it makes a difference. It's one of those things where if we can get this, it can be very freeing. When we walk in our true identity, that identity that God has for us, the things that he says about who you are, it's very freeing. But if we're being honest, most of us don't, right? Most of us don't. There there is a true identity. I think the identity that God meant for us, that, that God created us for, and it's there. And even though maybe sometimes it feels distant or foreign, we can get back to it. We absolutely can. But in this world, what most people experience is what would be called a false identity, a learned identity. Now, it's kind of interesting. I mean, um, I can say this. I, I know many of you. I don't know all of you. But I can say that you are a genius. Give somebody a fist bump. And say, you're a genius. You are. Like, even if you know the person beside you does not feel like a genius, give him a fist bump and say, you are a genius. You are a genius. It's absolutely true. It's actually research-based that I say this. It's not just a pump-up session. It absolutely is. There's uh, research on this. There's, uh, there's a number of different studies, but one of my favorite studies took a look at this. And uh, it was a study that involved the organization Head Start. So they were able to work with 1,600 kids and they were able to keep those 1,600 kids. And they were able to do, there's a, there's a, a test that you can give any age. It, it is age dependent, but it gets to the same things. And what it does is it, taste, it tests creativity. And it can test, therefore, your creativity to genius levels. And get this, 1,600 kids, 1,600 children, and 98% of them tested at genius level at three to five years old. Three to five, 98%. But get this, by 15 years old, that number is 12%. They took the same kids, were able to follow all of them, 15%. You want a heartbreaker? Adults at 30 to 32, 2%. 2%. What's going on there? Like a lot could be said about that, but I think, I think we could also say that our genius can get buried, much like our identity can get buried. That identity that God has for you, the things that he says about you can get buried, right? Our best selves the things we were created to do, the things we were created to be can get buried under that learned identity. Give you some examples. When I was praying about this, God's like, uh, show them. And I'm like, no, no, no. Let's talk about someone else. But now he's like, nah, show them. And so it, are you guys okay if we go there a little bit tonight? Because I think, I think if, like, what I love about Revive is it feels like family. That means it can get real up in here, right? Absolutely. So here's the thing. That's me and my family. Now, I, I want to show you a few things just so you know how things can get buried, okay? Uh, one is I want to show you that I have been a fashion icon from the very beginning. <laughs> so 
this is me. Now, these pictures, I asked my mom, there's, there's a year difference between the pictures over there, and I'm wearing the same, what are they, is that a romper? What are you, what are you the, short, the shorts and the shirt that match? I know you can shop for those on Amazon now, which horrifies me, right? But I don't want you to miss, I don't know why, and my mom doesn't know why, I have a name tag on in one of those two pictures. Not sure what's going on there, but that's me and my brother in both pictures. That's me and my romper and my corrective shoes. Oh yeah, corrective shoes. Um, uh, my fashion sense continued on, rocking the V-neck and the corduroys. I think cords are kind of coming back, but they were not in in this era. I can guarantee it. Um, on the right-hand side, you will see me at the movie theater in the town I grew up in, in Newton, Iowa, just 30 miles or so away. We were going to Empire Strikes Back. That was not the premiere, however, because Newton never got the premiere of anything. So it was probably about a month after Empire Strikes came out. You can also see me rocking the newer corrective shoes. Oh yeah, multiple years. And I upgraded to include tube socks. Come on. And the Cardinal, uh, the Newton was the Cardinal. So I had red and black tube socks. And I guarantee to you, if those socks slid down, tan line was right there. I was rocking that thing. Those are jean shorts with the belt on. And I, I kid you not. Now this is where you're going to get jealous. That's a Boba Fett t-shirt. That thing would have worked, I bet it's worth $5,000. If I still had it right now, that's an original Boba Fett t-shirt leading out. Was I, am I telling you? Um, absolutely. That's my buddy Dave Tripp. Now, Dave Tripp, I guarantee you, was wearing his cowboy boots, which always ticked me off because if you're wearing corrective shoes, if you have to wear corrective shoes, you can't wear cowboy boots. But Dave Tripp always had cowboy boots. Jerk, right? Um, and then on the right-hand side, this is the thing I really didn't want to show you, but this popped up when I was looking for pictures last night. That's me at 10, and right next to it, I found, as I was looking through boxes last night, I found a brochure to... Uh, Patty's School of Dance, Patty's favorite times of year, their extravaganza. It was the annual renew, re, re, or what is it? Review. There it is. Um, at 10, I shouldn't have, but at 10, I saw a movie called Fame. Anybody saw the movie they did a remake recently? It's about a performing arts school in New York. I saw it at 10. It's a very dark movie. If you haven't seen it, don't watch it. But at 10, I watched it. And for some reason, I really thought, those dancers look cool. And the guys get all the girls. I'm going to try it. So in a little town of Newton, Iowa, I, Mitch Matthews, am the first, and I probably think only, boy student at Patty's School of Dance, two years running. Uh, I'll tell you what, tap and ballet. Thank you very much. Uh, absolutely. And it did nothing for my dating relationships. I can tell you that. Um, but that's, that was me, right? Now, here's the thing, is these things, my fashion prowess, my interest in dance at a young age, made me what some people called literally weird, right? Uh, we had a rope at the end of our gymnasium. Do they still have ropes in gyms or have they gone away with these things? No, they still got them. Anybody else hate the rope? We would do rope day uh, once to twice a year. We had ropes at Aurora Heights in Newton, Iowa. That was my elementary school. It was at the corner side of our gymnasium. We would just do it once or twice a year. I never made it up. One year, my, my gym teacher called me weak. And another year, my gym teacher told me I needed to be braver which to me meant I wasn't brave. Um, math tests. Anybody excel in math? Any math elites in here? Awesome. Good for you guys. Whatever. Um, I never was great at math, but in eighth grade, 
In eighth grade, one of my teachers, I did so poorly on a math test. My eighth grade teacher pulled me aside and said, never pursue a career that involves math. Yeah, I'm dumb, right? My, my, my identity started to become, I was dumb. And then relationships, come on, right? Like I had to use this because it could get heavy here, but we've probably all had relationships where maybe that relationship spoke to us and said, we're not worthy of sticking around. We're not worthy of being in a relationship with, or maybe we haven't had that, re- that relationship yet, and that hurts too. All these things can bury our identity. They can cause that false identity, right? That learned identity, that thing that God didn't want for us, but the world heaps on, right? And, and there's the long list, and, and basically it all comes down to this statement, I am not enough. And depending on you tonight, the week that you've had, the day that you've had, the year that you've had so far, it kind of all depends on what goes in that blank. Maybe it's you're not feeling smart enough. Maybe somebody told you that. Maybe you're not funny enough. Maybe you're not pretty enough. Maybe you're not cool enough. Maybe you're not thin enough. Maybe you're not connected enough. Maybe you're not strong enough. At least maybe somebody's told you that, right? Um, maybe you're not talented enough. You don't have it. You're, you're not wealthy enough. You're not far enough along. Maybe that's even something you feel like you need to hide, right? Um, you're not spiritual enough. Maybe some of you felt that tonight. You almost didn't walk in the room tonight because you thought, am I really qualified to be here? Am I spiritual enough to be here? I am not enough, right? That's a false identity. Now, what's beautiful about the false identity is if there's a false identity on the other side, there is the true identity. And that's the identity that God would say. And I believe that he is saying these things to you tonight if we're open to it. I think God is saying these things to us tonight that you are enough. Just take that in. You are known. God knows you, every part about you, and adores you. You are needed. Whether you've got a big career, whether you're wildly successful, whether you've got a big bank account, doesn't matter. You are needed and you are loved. You are here for a reason. God wants you to know that you're here for a reason. You may not know what that reason or those reasons are, but you are here for that. It's amazing when we function from our true identity, that identity that God has for us, the identity that God wants for us, there's freedom in that. It's when we can start to function from love, not for love. We can make all the difference. The story we're gonna lean on tonight uh, is the woman at the well, and you saw a little taste of that, that scene, and we're gonna visit that. We're gonna actually watch that scene. Uh, has anybody watched The Chosen or been touched by The Chosen? Absolutely amazing and incredible series. Uh, and this scene, I think they do so many scenes right, but this Chosen is a, is a series, and they do so many things right, but the woman at the well story, they did so well. I almost feel like I told my wife this. I, I was like, it almost feels like they set up a couple of cameras and actually captured the conversation of Jesus and this woman. By the way, this woman's name, that woman's name is Fotina. The woman at the well had a name and it was Fotina. We're gonna talk more about that. 
But here's the thing. I want to give you a little bit of background, then we're going to watch that scene quick. And the, the location, she was a Samaritan woman, so that means we are in Samaria. Um, and the false identity uh, can happen with individuals, and it can happen with groups, right? It can happen with countries, and very much of a false identity happening with Samaria. Some of you might wonder, what's the deal between Jews and Samaritans? Why is there always a riff? And it's funny. It, it happened years prior. It's a little bit one of those things where it happened when they started dividing up land. It reminds me a little bit, it's so petty. It reminds me a little bit of apparently my grandpa and his sisters, when their parents, the, their dad passed away, there were some potholders that somebody had made and my grandpa's sister got the potholders. And so he decided to not talk with her for 20 years because of the potholders, right? Um, the Samaria and Jew thing is a, pretty much like that. Somebody got land that somebody else thinks they shouldn't have. And so we're divided. It's us versus them. They're wrong. We're right. And it just, the division kept going. She was a Samaritan woman. Um, and being a woman at that time meant that you were not enough. You were less than a man. You, you didn't talk to men unless you were married to them. Um, and especially Samaritan women should never, ever speak to a Jewish man. And a Jewish man should never speak to a Jewish woman or a Samaritan woman. So much so that a Jewish man, if a Jewish man spoke to a Samaritan woman, that would label him unclean. And he would have to go through a ceremony to be cleansed just because he talked to the woman. Now, here's the thing. Fotina was her name. We're going to talk a little bit more about her in a second, but I want you to know she had a name. This is a person. This isn't just a story. This is actually something that happened in history. And what's interesting is you'll, you'll see Fotina was definitely told she was not enough. But it, it, it said, and, and Jesus will say, you've probably read it in scripture, he said, you've had five husbands. And a lot of people assume, oh my gosh, she must have been an adulteress. She must have cheated. But at that time, if you cheated on your husband, you would be killed. So that's not what happened. That means Fotina had been rejected five times. In their culture, the man could divorce a woman and just cast her out. That means she had been rejected at that level five times. What do you think that did to her identity? Um, she was isolated. She felt cast out. She had little hope because of her circumstances. And here's the thing, we're talking a, a few thousand years ago, this happened with Fatina, but I'm guessing that some of you maybe have even felt some of these things even today. Not enough. Rejected, isolated, and have a little hope. And here's the thing, what we're gonna do is we're gonna watch the scene and, and again, I, I think they did such a good job with it. It is almost like they had cameras set up with Jesus talking with Fatina. But as you watch this, just, just watch, just enjoy it. But also put yourself in this scenario. If you can relate to Fatina a little bit, because in some ways she's a Samaritan woman from 2000 years ago. And in other ways, she's us. So watch how Jesus meets her, handles her questions, loves her, and speaks to her identity. Let's watch. Would you give me a drink? You hear me? That's bad, huh? What? You, a Jew. 
Ask for a drink from me, a Samaritan, and a woman. I'm sorry. I should have said please. You know, it's not safe for you to be alone out here. Nor you. Why haven't you come with others? Why so late in the day? Don't women come to the wells in the, the cool of the morning? Yeah, well, none of them will be seen with me, so I have to come at noon in the heat, as you have so kindly reminded me. Why won't they be seen with you? Long story. I, I'd still like a drink of water if you can spare it. Amazing what a parched throat will do. Aren't I unclean to you? Won't you be defiled by this vessel? Maybe some of my people say that about your women, but I don't. Yeah? And what do you say? I say if you knew who I am, you'd be asking me for a drink. Really? And I would give you living water. Wood. Except that you have nothing to draw water with, and this is a deep well. Besides, what do you need from me if you have your own supply of living water? Long story. But Jewish water is better than Samaritan water? Hmm? That's not what I said. Are you a better man than our ancestor Jacob, who dug this well? Your water is better than his? I know, Jacob. And everyone who drinks this water will thirst again. But whoever drinks the water that I give him will never be thirsty again. Wouldn't that be nice? The water I give will become in a person a spring of water welling up to eternal life. Really? Yes, really. Prove it. First, go and call your husband and come back. I will show you both. I don't have a husband. You are right. You've had five husbands. And the man you're living with now is not your husband. <laughs> oh, I see. You're a prophet. You're here to preach at me. No. Usually the one good thing about coming here alone is I can escape being condemned. I'm not here to condemn you. I've made mistakes. Too many. But it's men like you who have made it impossible for me to do anything about it. How? Our ancestors worshipped on this mountain. But you Jews insist Jerusalem is the only place for true worship. They say that because the temple is there. Yeah, exactly where we're not allowed. I'm here to break those barriers. And the time is coming when neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem will you worship the Father. So, where am I supposed to go when I need God? I've never received anything from God, but I couldn't thank Him even if I did. Anywhere. God is spirit, and the time is coming and is now here that it won't matter where you worship, but only that you do it in spirit and truth. Heart and mind, that, that is the kind of worshiper he's looking for. It won't matter where you're from or what you've done. you believe what I'm telling you? Until the Messiah comes, 
that explains everything and sorts this mess out, including me. I don't trust in anyone. You're wrong when you say that you've never received anything from God. This Messiah you speak of, I am he. The first one was named Ramin. You were a woman of purity who was excited to be married. But he wasn't a good man. He hurt you. And it made you question marriage and even the practice of your faith. Stop it. The second was Farzad. On your wedding night, his skin smelled like oranges. And to this day, every time you pass by the oranges in the market, you feel guilty for leaving him because he was the only truly godly man you've been with. But you felt unworthy. Why are you doing this? I have not revealed myself to the public as the Messiah. You are the first. It would be good if you believed me. You picked the wrong person. I came to Samaria just to meet you. <laughs> Do you think it's an accident that I'm, I'm here in the middle of the day? I am rejected by others. I know. But not by the Messiah. And you know these things because you are the Christ. I'm going to tell everyone. I was counting on it. <laughs> Spirit and truth. Spirit and truth. It won't be all about mountains or temples. Soon, just the heart. <laughs> you promised. I promise. This man told me everything I've done. Oh, he must be the Christ! <laughs> <laughs> Hey, wait! Your water! You forgot your um. Foxy, your man, you told me everything I ever did! <laughs> and that's Fortina. Now what's amazing about it, I didn't I didn't know that I thought maybe it was just a story. But the more I dug into it, Fotina existed. And what's amazing about Fotina is that she went from that, and the scriptures tell us that she went to town and started to tell people. People started to come to Jesus and started to learn from him and know him. But what scriptures don't tell us, but what Eastern, uh, the Eastern church has researched out is that Fotina continued on. There's a mountain named after Fatina. There's statues of Fatina because of the impact that she had on the early church. Hundreds, if not thousands of people came to know Jesus because she started to walk in her true identity. Jesus saw it. He, he saw her and let her know she's needed. She's loved. 
I mean, she felt isolated. What's amazing about that is, is that nothing had changed about her circumstances. But it says she immediately went to town and started to tell people and they came. Which tells me a few things. One is that when she started to operate in that identity that, that Jesus had for her, the identity that God called her to, circumstances didn't matter as much. She started to walk in a different kind of freedom, a different kind of hope in that made a difference for her, but it also made a difference for hundreds, if not thousands of people around. And what I love about that is, is that I think that's Fotina's story, but I think that's also our story. I think Jesus wants to talk to us in that same way. I think God wants to talk to us in that same way, especially if we just give him space, just a little bit of time to be able to say, all right, Lord, what would you say to me? So we're gonna, we're gonna take a second to just do that because I think God wants to talk to us about some of those lies, some of those things that we've learned about our identity that may in fact not be true. And sometimes if we, if we just give him some space, if we're just open to it, it's absolutely amazing what can happen. And so we're just gonna take a second and we're gonna pray. Now, for some of you, you love prayer. That's your jam. You're all about it. For some of you, you're like, I don't know how I feel about prayer. I don't know. And that, that's okay. If you're here, that's okay. If, if you're into prayer, go for it. I just encourage you to, to pray first. Lord, what's something, what's something that I believe about myself that's not true? But if, if prayer's not your jam or you're not quite sure where you stand with God or Jesus or the Holy Spirit, that's okay. I, I just encourage you to just lean in and just lean into a sense of unconditional love. What would unconditional love say to you? Now that's, that's not weird. It's, it's one of those, I, I, I kind of believe that God is unconditional love and he's not worried about getting that credit. He's just focused on you and your healing. So if that's all you can muster, you're not quite sure about God, just say, all right, unconditional love. What's something that I believe about myself that's not true? Let's just even take just even 30 seconds, a minute, and just see. And, and you might get something you may not, but no pressure. But what's something? What's one of those things that you've learned that may in fact not be true? God put something in your heart, just lean into that. If, if that unconditional love highlighted something, maybe something somebody said once or something you've just believed or picked up along the way. The next thing we can pray is to say, all right, what's something, what's something, Lord, that you want me to know tonight? What's something you want me to know tonight.
And again, if you get something, great. If you don't, that's okay. Just continue to lean into it. God's got something for you. Unconditional love has something for you. But know that you are loved. You are absolutely loved. You are needed. You are here for a reason. God has amazing plans for you. So I'm going to pray real quick. So Lord, we just thank you so much for being with us tonight. We thank you for Fatina's story. We thank you, Jesus, how you've come, how you love Fatina, but how you love us. Holy Spirit, help us to hear from you. Help us to walk more and more in the identity that you have for us, that identity of being loved, of being worthy, of being here for a reason. Help us to walk in that. Help us to walk in your freedom. We just thank you for all of it. And we love you, Lord. And in those places where we doubt, in those places where we have fear. Help us with that. We believe, Lord, and help us where we don't believe. Thank you for meeting us in that. We love you, Lord, and we thank you. And we pray all these things in your holy name, Jesus. Amen. Thanks for listening, everyone. Revive West Des Moines happens every Thursday night at Hope in West Des Moines, and we'd love to connect with you on social media. So find us and let us know where you're listening from. And whenever you're in town, we would love to have you come to Revive and join us live. Peace out, Scouts.